Hello. So in the last episode of the podcast, we met Stuart Lee, uh, who is the passive house builder for the Alwoods Passive House Project. And so this is a family home that's located in Victoria. And Stuart shared what it takes during construction to build a passive house. It's a great example of quality and of a way to gain certainty that you're getting what you're paying for in the construction of your new home or renovation. So I'd really encourage you to check out the episode if you haven't already. Now in this episode, we meet Claire Parry of Grun Consulting. So Claire is the certifier for the Alwoods Passive House Project, and it'll be her job to provide the tick of approval that everyone else has done their jobs so that the home can actually be certified as a passive house. Now Claire, however, she fulfills many roles when it comes to sustainable design in Australia. And whenever I researched or I talked about passive house with anyone, it was Claire Parry's name that came up. So I'm really excited that you're going to meet her through this episode and hear about her experience with Passive House and it really and really helping it to get traction in Australia. So let's dive into the episode. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before I jump into the interview with Claire, let me just tell you that this episode is brought to you by my online course, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home. So this course is a fantastic way to help you get ready for your renovation or building project in the simplest and fastest way. I share my step-by-step system to help you save time, money and stress in your reno or new build so that you can know what you need to know to create a fantastic functional family home and uh, to do it with confidence as well, really avoiding the mistakes and the drama and the heartaches. You can join now, you can jump straight into the course, you can get access to a fantastic Facebook community, live monthly Q&A sessions with me and get all the tools and resources you need to achieve success in your project. So head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash how to get it right to learn more and to join us. Now, let me introduce to you Claire Parry from Grun Consulting. So Claire has had a lifelong interest in best practice building design, involving a holistic approach to achieve sustainable measures and to provide a better option in the longer term, both for the client and the environment. Her focus is on building performance, and she works extensively with the Passive House Standard. Now, her work as a sustainability consultant and a mechanical engineer has involved experience as a certified Passive House designer, trainer, and building certifier, as well as some other accreditation systems, so LEED, AP, Greenstar AP, Well AP. AP, Neighbours, and CBD Assessor. So there's a lot of acronyms there, but there are a lot of other accreditation systems about building performance. And the fact that Claire has all of those under her belt is quite extraordinary. In 2011, Claire founded the Passive, the Australian Passive House Association, and she's been involved as a director until late 2017. She's actually one of the first certified Passive House designers in Australia and one of only two Passive House certifiers uh, in Australia in total. So Luke is the other one and Claire is the second. 
although Claire came first. <laughs> now, she is a certified passive house trainer as well, and you can often see her speak at national and international conferences. Claire is a director and a principal at Grun Consulting, and Grun, which actually means green in German, I asked Claire about that, um, where the name came from. It specializes in, in delivering high-performance buildings. Uh, they deliver all aspects of environmentally sustainable design consulting or ESD consulting and specialize in passive house from design through to certification. They are advocates for Passive House, for Net Zero and experts in town planning, multiple rating tools including LEED, Green Star and the Living Building Challenge and energy ratings including Carbon Neutral, Neighbours and CBD. Quite extraordinary, isn't it? So, I, you know, she's in, incredibly well versed to talk to us about sustainability in design and, uh, and about Passive House. So without further ado, let me share my interview with you with Claire Parry. Thanks so much, Claire, for joining me today. Uh, at the time of recording this, we're actually just pre-Christmas, so it's a really busy time, I know, and I'm very grateful okay. to be able to have you uh, talk with me because I kind of feel like the more that I've been speaking to people uh, about Passive House, your name keeps cropping up all the time. So it's um, I feel like you've kind of been a really big initiator of this movement in Australia and particularly in starting out the Australian Passive House Association. So I'm, yeah, I just think you're going to be able to share some fantastic insight with the UA community. Can you, I've been, uh, I've been asking everybody this question. When you're asked what is Passive House, how do you describe it to people? Um, I think the best description I've come up with so far is that it's just a package of measures that deliver uh, comfort, health and well-being in a building um, with a nice side effect of uh, energy efficiency. That's actually a really good description. That's a very different one to what I've been receiving from others. So <laughs> that's a good tagline, that one. And, um, and how did you become interested in Passive House? Um, well, I've been working in sustainability and at the time I first became involved in Passive House, I'd been working in sustainability for about uh, five or six years. And um, when I came across it, I just sort of thought, that makes total sense. Like, why why isn't every building like this? And um, it really just strips back uh, design uh, to the most essential features. And I've worked on some buildings that have, you know, some incredibly high-tech solutions for problems that shouldn't even exist. So for me, it just made total sense and I've been, yeah, stuck in it ever since. Well, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've been getting the feeling that once you make a commitment to Passive House, you're kind of all in boots and all. It seems like it's, uh, it's sure. yeah, it's one of those things that um, you become very committed to and convinced of, I think, once you see the benefits of it. And I'm very rapidly seeing how promising it is as a future way of building, designing and renovating in Australia. So I think we've obviously been a bit slow on the uptake because we're under the perception that our climate's quite mild and doesn't really need these, you know, what can be seen as extreme measures. But what I'm learning is it's actually not, it's not when you get the right people on board, it's not that significantly um, difficult and it's just about actually having a different approach and a different set of benchmarks um, than Absolutely. what we've been sort of dealing with. So now, you, you have been a sustainability consultant for some time and that includes a lot of different sort of systems and, you know, when I was looking through your bio, there was um, there was LEED, there was Green Star, there was WELL, there's Passive House. You know, all of these accreditation systems and these acronyms can become quite a confusing for people. How do you, you know, sort of coach people through that process of, look, which one do I choose, which one do I stick to, what's going to mean the most and how do I decipher the difference between all of them, um, 
you know, particularly for our American listeners, LEEDS is a really big thing in America for somebody, for an architect or a designer to be LEED certified. So how do you, how do you sort of talk people through that process? Well, a lot of the time, particularly in commercial projects, uh, the market sort of dictates what you need to do. Um, so for example, in Australia, we do green stuff for commercial quite often because that's a language that people uh, recognise. Um, the great thing about Passive House is that it typically complements most of those tools. So, for example, in GreenStar, Passive House gets you 30 points or up to 30 points um, because it ticks off a lot of the energy and um, in indoor environment quality points. Um, but then you're free to go and do all of the materials, uh, emissions, uh, management credits as you like. Um, so really it's a complementary approach and it's it's it kind of helps you tackle the fundamentals of a good building and then you can do some extra stuff. Um, so Passive House isn't holistic and uh, that's something to appreciate about it, but it is probably the best fundamental essential approach to you know where you, could, where you should start. And when you say it's not holistic, what do you mean by that? Uh, it really does tackle energy efficiency and indoor environment quality um, and that's it actually. So, you know, there are some criticisms that it doesn't look at embodied energy, uh, but that's really actually the designer's fault if they haven't done that as well. Um, it's it's really picking up on some key building physics and the rest is up to you. Okay, gotcha. Now, you actually founded the Australian Passive House Association in 2011. What 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 compelled you to do that? Because that would have been a big undertaking, I suspect. So <laughs> what made you yeah. decide to actually create an organisation that gave this place, gave Passive House a home in Australia? Uh, well, it was actually somebody else who compelled me to do it. Um, a really a small group of us, three of us at the time. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it without that extra support. And, in, you know, in saying that, I didn't, it wasn't really my idea at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just the only one left. <laughs> Uh, it was a, a couple of other guys, David Power and Christoph Baguette, um, both based in Melbourne at the time as well. Um, we really just saw that there, we basically wanted a support group for ourselves as, you know, a very small group of passive house designers in Australia. And it's really grown from there. And um, as time has gone on, many other people have become involved and helped to propel the organisation um, and compel everybody else to join. You know, it's been a quite a good community. Yeah, it is. And um, what do you actually see its role? Like, why did you, you know, what did you, you know, I suppose in terms of what you see its potential and its role in promoting Passive House uh, in Australia? Mm -hmm. How do you see the Australian Passive House Association fits into that? How do you hope people use um, it? Yeah, so we... Our mission, I don't think, has changed. Uh, I'm, I'm not actively involved with the organisation now. I've kind of stepped back to focus on projects. Um, but the the mission for the organisation has always been to promote support and advance. So really just to be there as a repository of information but also a support network um, to also get involved in lobbying as required and really just be there if anyone's got a question or a misconception or they need a resource. Um, we're also the link back to the International Passive House Association as well. So, um, you know, we try to be everything. The, the organisation is not for profit. I think they recently became a charity. So um, trying to be really independent but, you know, accessible. 
Yeah, and it's a great uh, opportunity for homeowners to jump on and learn more about passive house and what it means, particularly in an Australian context, because a lot of the resources online are for more European climates and, mm. and which can be a bit difficult to relate to. And I think to also to find professionals in your area as well. That's what I see it as being an incredible resource for too. Absolutely. So, um, and as you know, as more and more people get on uh, professionally get on board Passive House and go and get their certifications, I can see it being a really great um, gateway to that community. If this is what you how you want to build or renovate your home, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, part of our role has really simply been to, uh, I guess, translate. European requirements to the Australian climate, you know, um, also our building code, you know, to figure out how it fits in um, and gather, I guess, all that research and body of knowledge around how to operate in a mild to warm to hot climate, yeah, which isn't traditionally what all the material is about. Yeah, no, I think I think it's really important because if, this, if the Passive House movement is going to have traction in Australia, um, there obviously can't be that hurdle of the homeowner having to figure this out or each professional and industry member having to figure out. So it's great that there's this opportunity to collate that and, as you say, align it with the Building Code of Australia and then also hopefully uh, impact change in the Building Code of Australia as well because it seems yeah. to be quite behind in terms of its sustainability. It's, it's, I mean, it's bare minimum in terms of its sustainability measures. It has obviously improved dramatically over the past decade and raised its benchmarks, but um, it's still, I believe, got a long way to go in terms of uh, what is possible um, for not not significantly more investment, just actually making different decisions up front about how you go about your project. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now you're performing the role of the building certifier on the passive uh, on the on the Alwoods Passive House project. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. can you talk through a little bit about what that will mean? Because obviously we've got Luke who's been on the podcast, who's been the consultant to Lena, the architect who didn't get her passive house certification until she was sort of through the, you know, moving through that project. So, and I understand that you and Luke are the only uh, passive house certified building certifiers in Australia. Luke said that there's around about 50 worldwide, but you're the only two in Australia. So, um, I'm really interested to hear how your role as the building certifier might uh, align and be familiar with what people might expect from a building certifier in a residential context, but then also how the passive house component comes into that as well in terms of your role of auditing that. Um, yeah, so, well, Luke's role on the project as the certified designer is to, I guess, um, establish the performance of the building. Um, and my role as the passive house building certifier is to audit that performance once the building has been, um, you know, fully modelled and also uh, fully built um, to really just say this building will perform as as predicted and I've seen enough evidence of what's actually been gone on the construction site to say that it matches the model, um, which is quite unique, I think, relative to the Australian building certifier and their process in that they rely on a lot of paperwork to, uh, I guess, tick off the design against the building code, but there's nothing that actually verifies the home as it's been built. Um, so it is an as-built certification, yeah. And we don't replace a traditional certifier or building surveyor, so they still have their role and that's still a legislated role. So we're really only focusing on the passive house component and that performance. And Stuart um, Lee, the builder, who's also been on the podcast, he was telling me that he has to do things like photograph particular materials and and has to submit that type of information 
and it all has to also go back to the head office internationally of Passive House as well. So it's a very quality controlled system, isn't it, in terms of that auditing process? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, the certifier doesn't have to go to site. So as you know, if there's only two certifiers in Australia, we don't get the chance to go to all our sites. I'd, I'd definitely love to, but the fees just aren't there. Um, if everyone wants to pay for that, I'm happy to do uh, And yeah, so the photographs really just helped me to say, yes, I saw it on site um, or, you know, there was evidence submitted. And there is a level of trust as well that we, we do rely on people to be quite honest. Um, so the photographs also help us to see things that happen on site but then get covered up. Uh, you know, under slab insulation is a great example. Um, now, Luke and I are both agents of the International Passive House Association or the Passive House Institute. So we do tick off the building. Um, we just submit it to them for their record keeping, I guess, um, and they do audit us as well. So, yeah, you're right. There's a, a, there's quite a good level of stringency to make sure that these buildings do what they say they're going to do. Um, having said that, though, you know, uh, any passive house building doesn't have to be certified to be called a passive house. It's quite a quite an open standard in that it's accessible. People can talk about it and say that they've got a passive house. They don't have to go through the certification process. But that badge really just helps you to have that level of guarantee and assurance, um, which potentially hasn't yet, but it might translate into marketability later, you know, down the down the road. Yeah, and I think too, just some certainty around knowing that it has been modelled and it's been checked against the model, that it's not just been designed to the model, but it's actually been built to the model too, because I, you know, that air tightness thing I can imagine can, in a in a less uh, quality controlled building site, could fall over quite easily. So to know that that's actually been tested in the completed building um, when it's such a fundamental kind of aspect of the performance of the passive house, I can imagine it's important for a homeowner to have some certainty around that by seeing the certification as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you speak publicly, you travel a lot talking about Passive House and, and, um, and meeting internationally. Stuart Lee actually Mm -hmm. said it was hearing you speak that made him decide he wanted to do this and do the certification. How, (laughs) How do you find your role in terms of promoting Passive House and meeting with international community and um, really, I suppose, creating that international network and trying to get the word out about Passive House. You know, do you, is it something that I find that Passive House consultants are very passionate about what they do? Is that, um, is that something that you say is really important and part of your role as a Passive House consultant? Um, it's an essential role you know, for my work to actually help people understand what what it is that we do. Uh, There are a lot of misconceptions and, um, you know, air tightness is a great one. People read that they're building, you know, you know, passive house standard says buildings have to be airtight. That's ridiculous, you know. So my role is to go out there and say, listen, it doesn't mean that you're living in, you know, hermetically sealed box. So the education aspect and the benefits of what we're doing and why it's a good idea why, why it isn't the same as everything else we've been told about um, perhaps other building approaches, uh, you know, um, why perhaps a, the, you know, a different approach might have failed in the past, you know, sealing up a building can make it mouldy. That's, you know, but the way that the passive house works, we also ventilate, which, you know, build tight, ventilate right is a great mantra to have. Um, I find that in speaking, I also, uh, there's a whole lot of learning that goes on. So 
in Australia, I get to speak to people who, you know, work across different building types, different um, climate zones. They have different experiences of uh, constructions. But I find that I do learn the most when I travel internationally and, and speak. So, um, yeah, when I go to the international conference, I sometimes feel like a bit of a fraud coming from Australia. We haven't been doing it long enough to be talking about it, surely. But they do learn a lot from us and our, the way that we build in warm climates, for example, the way that we integrate cooling systems, um, travelling to the US, uh, also learning about what they've done and where they've, you know, had stuff-ups, you know, um, creating... There's a massive issue of sick building syndrome in Germany in the 90s, um, learning about what they did and how we can actually avoid making those same mistakes. Also learning that... Uh, you know, even the experts don't exactly know all the answers sometimes. Um, it's a big learning process for everybody. Just knowing that made me more confident as um, somebody that was stepping out into the passive house world and knowing that uh, admitting that you didn't know, you don't know something or that you will try something and you're not really sure what might happen, that's also sometimes fantastic to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing because what I've seen about it is it's a really data-driven way of assessing the performance of a house, you know, with the modelling system that, that is used to check the performance in a predictive way and then to obviously check it after it's built is quite, um, it's so detailed and sophisticated compared to a lot of the other uh, residential um, systems I've seen. You know, obviously commercial, this, this level of assessment has been happening for some time for all of those different, you know, as you said, Green Star and the other accreditation systems that are available. But in a residential context, it's, it's not really been, I suppose, as, yeah. um, as accessible for people. So I think it's, um, and, and, and yeah, like you say, in the States, they talk about building science and they do talk about that air, that air tightness. And that's been something that's been spoken about for some time. Whereas here, you know, Australians, we like to live in our homes like tents almost. <laughs> we, we want to be able to open all the doors and there is that real resistance. You know, we've joked a few times on uh, the podcast in speaking about Passive House that uh, I think it was Daniel that first brought it up, Daniel Cress, and he said, you know, that there's um, there's a perception that an alarm goes off in Passive House headquarters if somebody opens a window in a Passive House. You know? <laughs> so yeah. And I think, you know, there is that initial resistance of what do you mean I have to make my house airtight um, what do you mean I don't get to enjoy fresh air? I don't get to enjoy the immediate environment around me. Um, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because it's not until, I suppose, you walk into one and you go, actually, this is fresh, but it doesn't smell of stale cooking and it doesn't smell of damp and it doesn't, you know. How do you kind of help people overcome um, that initial hurdle, particularly the, the really resistant ones, you know? How do you help them sort of understand that and wrap their heads around it? Yeah, there's... There's definitely a few people I've had some heated discussions with. I've had to accept that sometimes people just don't want to understand or know or, um, you know, the approach also isn't right for everybody. Some people don't mind their house being, you know, too cold or too hot. That's just what they're used to. They'll never change. That's okay. They don't need this approach. That's totally fine. Um, but I found that the best way for people to understand is for them to experience it. Sometimes that's not possible. Um but, you know, once people step into a passive house, they sort of go, okay, you know, this feels different. It sounds different. Um, ideally, and I'd love for this to happen, if someone could build a passive house hotel so people could just go and stay a night, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, the, I, I guess it's about just continuing that conversation and drawing out what is, what is it that you 
you feel that you wouldn't like um, and helping to overcome that. But, yeah, ultimately the only way is for people to actually feel it and see it and, yeah, be inside a passive house building. Yeah, and I think as we get more projects on the ground, I know you're all working very, very hard to get more projects built um, and then included in the Sustainable House Open Days as well so that there is the opportunity for homeowners and um, professionals to go and walk around these homes um, and really yeah. get an experience of them. So now I I read an article of yours on LinkedIn recently and it was I just thought it was fantastic because you actually, I'm just going to um, read it, you spoke to the industry um, about how the industry feels that there's this difficulty with getting people engaged and um, and that that's what is the the challenge and the the I suppose the gap in getting sustainability truly adopted um, by the industry at large and your comment actually was in opposition to that you said the issue is not actually about engagement that implies that people are choosing alternatives when the options are on the table but the truth is they really have no idea what's possible and then you spoke about our responsibility to educate and, you know, as, as uh, listeners will know, that's what I'm really passionate about with Undercover Architect. For me, you don't know what you don't know and if you're mm-hmm. only dealing with team members who give you, who they don't know, you know, the details of this and they can't present them to you as viable options, you, you, you know, I speak a lot about how renovating and building isn't just one big pro- step, it's, it's actually a series of lots of sequential steps and if you don't get the right advice at the right time, you just end up on, down a path and you forget that you had a choice to find out something different a long way back. So, mm-hmm. you know, how I suppose would you encourage homeowners because whenever I get a lot of people saying to me, look, this is just going to be far too expensive for me to do, um, or I'm going to be really limited in my choices of what's available to me or I can't find somebody locally. Um, but they're really passionate about wanting to make this happen for themselves. What do you, how do you encourage them to think about really going about making this happen for their projects? Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg issue. Uh, I've found that, you know, and probably the reason that um, – my name keeps being out there about passive houses. Just you just have to keep talking about it. You know, if if you have an option to, if you if you go looking for something, you're gonna get a billion pieces of information. And if only one of those billion pieces of information is about passive house, then of course you're probably not gonna find it. It's a needle, literally a needle in a haystack. So um, for all those people that know about passive house or have experienced it or have a passive house or a passive house product. Just keep talking about it. Um, put information out there because then it will become, you know, part of the part of the internet, part of the universe. Um, if you want passive house to happen on your project, um, get in touch with somebody who has done it. You know, a, a certified passive house designer or consultant is ultimately your best resource because they um, haven't just done it once, or they haven't just come. They don't just have one product to sell you. They know about how to put the whole thing together. And hopefully they have um, a whole lot of knowledge on all various different areas. Um, and having said that, the Australian Passive House Association is, they're trying to be that fantastic resource. And if there is more demand for it, they will react to that demand. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the best first starting point. Then a professional will get them involved in your design. Yeah, I think it, it will be really great to see us move the needle on Passive House in Australia because... Um, for my mind, as I you know said earlier, I feel like it's a huge opportunity for a homeowner to get a really tangible understanding of how, they, how their house is going to perform before they commit to 
making it mm. a construction site and start shelling out a lot of money on it. And then it's another way to, for them to have a bunch of checks and measures through the construction process to ensure that they're actually getting what they're paying for. And um, it's been really exciting to talk to so many of you, um, even though you're very you're a small group still, <laughs> I've been able to speak mm. to. Um, and, the, and the consistency is that you're very passionate, very committed and very generous about the information that you share and about the way that you want to see this improve the quality of building uh, in Australia. So not just in residential, but in commercial buildings as well. So, yeah. yeah. So is there anything that you'd like to add, Claire, in terms of um, advice for professionals and for homeowners around Passive House? Um, I guess for for everybody, it's about understanding um, that we're not driven by applying a badge to a design. It's not a branding exercise. As I mentioned, that the standard is actually quite open. Uh, anybody can talk about it. Anybody can apply it. You can access um, almost every part of it without any, you know, license or cost. Um, I, I guess about, you know, when we talk about passive house, if the term passive house starts to, you know, see people's eyes glaze over, you know, start to talk about comfort and health and well-being and, you know, um, safety. You know, the, the building code talks about safety um, in terms of ventilation and um, environmental quality. So these are all the measures that Passive House delivers. Uh, and I, I think it's best for people to focus on comfort and health and well-being. Um, the energy efficiency outcomes are, you know, not necessarily tangible for most people. Saving a few hundred dollars a year doesn't mean a lot to most people, but, you know, having a home that's ultimately comfortable in winter and summer, yeah, I think everybody would love to have one of those. I definitely don't. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, the, um, you know, a lot of the consultants that I'm meeting are from engineering backgrounds, quite scientific and, and um, mathematical, I suppose, in their level of expertise. Mm. Um, for homeowners who might be thinking, oh, this is all a bit overwhelming, scientific like I'm not going to wrap my head I'm not there's just not possible for me to really educate myself because I'm just going to feel totally out of my comfort zone would you say mm -hmm. that it's it's a bit more pragmatic than that and that's really just a you know a checking system how do you sort of see all the data and the maths feed into the process yeah I think it's you know retaining a view of the big picture and not getting stuck into the detail leave that for the engineers and you know scientists of the project um you know, when you're putting up, when you're putting your marble bench tops in, you don't get stuck in, you don't have to know where exactly it came from or why it's this size and that thickness and everything or how it's installed. You don't need to know that stuff. You need to know that you love it. It looks great. It feels great. That's it. So retain your big picture view and, um, and know that the outcome will be fantastic. That's brilliant, Claire. So thank you so much for your time. I um I think this is it's it's just great to be able to be sharing so much about Passive House um, with the undercover architect community. I'm really actually excited to see what uh, potential this brings in terms of some traction and some understanding that this is about equality and well-being and control and comfort factor for your homes and a way to predict and to then ensure that you're getting what you're paying for and to have some certainty around that process. So thank you so much because I know how busy you are. <laughs> it's, like you, it's like you say, Claire mentioned Passive House and Claire Parry's name comes up. So I'm very grateful for Always your time. <laughs> very grateful for your time. Cheers, Claire. Fantastic. Cheers.
Now, I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. As Claire mentioned, the Australian Passive House Association, it's an incredibly useful resource if you're wanting to embark on the Passive House journey. So check out the show notes. I've got a link there to find the Australian Passive House Association or the APHA. Um, A word of warning, though, I am finding that the more people I speak to about Passive House, I find that um, they started their journey with an interest and so um, they learnt more about it and then they got so passionate about it, they've gone on to be certified. And this isn't only professionals that I speak to, it's homeowners as well. So who knows uh, once you dive in what you'll be learning and uh, what what opportunity the Passive House journey might open for you, how you might be getting in touch with me in the future and saying, hey, guess what? I became certified as well. (laughs) Now, in the next episode, we're going to talk with Cameron Munro. So Cameron is also a certified Passive House consultant. But he started his journey as a homeowner and an engineer. And what's amazing about Cameron's story is that he decided to renovate his very old weatherboard cottage into a passive house. So uh, it's no small feat. It fell just short of the benchmark, so it wasn't able to be formally certified. But it's amazing what he was able to achieve given the starting point. Um, because I think that possibly you've been listening to this, if you're planning on renovating and you've got an old home, you might be thinking, I oh, just, there's no way in the world I can achieve this. It's just going to be far too much work and far too stringent. But, um, you know, and we know how badly weatherboard cottages particularly perform when it comes to air leakage and to being too hot in summer and too cold in winter. But Cameron's got some great experience to share about what's possible when you take an old home like this uh, and you get, you know, really serious about what you want to do and you seek to make it comfortable, low cost to run and sustainable in its design. So I'm really looking forward to being able to bring that information to you as well. Now, again, head to the show notes. You can see links uh, to the floor plans for the Arwoods Passive House Project, more resources there as well. In the meantime, please share this podcast with friends, relatives, family, uh, colleagues, you know, who, anyone who's planning to build or renovate their home, uh, particularly if they want to learn about sustainable design or they want to create an energy efficient home. There's so much now on the podcast to support you when you're designing, building or renovating and to really help you get it right. If you would like my personal support and guidance and to access, you know, knowledge from experience in over 250 projects and 20 plus years in this industry um, as you create your future home. Remember to check out my online course, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home. It's a really, really super fast way to get informed and educated for your project, whether you're very early in your planning, your taking action and moving it forward, or you've even started designing or working with a designer on your future uh, new home or renovation. So Jenny, who was a previous member of uh, How to Get It Right, she said, I highly recommend this to anyone who is about to renovate or build. Amelia gives such a thorough overview of the process from start to finish. I came away with clear action steps for each part of the build. This knowledge has empowered me and given me direction as to what needs to be done next. I was grateful for the valuable handouts and forms that will assist us in the crucial planning stage. I believe this has enabled me to navigate the myriad of questions and options that lay ahead of us with our renovation. So the How to Get It Right course, it now gives you access not only to the lessons and the step-by-step system, uh, it also includes a Facebook group, private Facebook group that uh, where I run monthly live Q&A sessions. Um, it's got a library of tips and strategies, tools, resources. There's honestly so much in there to help you save time, money and stress in your project. So head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash how to get it right so that you can learn more about what's included in the course and how to join right away. As always, thank you so much for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Bye.